It's filled with mosquitoes. We've been waiting by that window for years. We're going to be members of Parliament someday. I don't know what any of those words mean. Welcome to Up Yours Downstairs, the podcast that doesn't have time to tell you stories. <laughs> I'm Kelly Anakin. And I'm Tom Schneider. We are properly married. I have spoken all to part. But we have to do this podcast. Well, you said we don't have time to tell them stories, so... <laughs> uh, good point. <laughs> yeah. Good night, everybody. End of podcast. This has been great. Uh, welcome back, cousins. We apologize for the last-minute change in programming yet <laughs> yeah. again. Yeah. Uh, but since Strumpet City was... Probably the worst thing we've ever seen. <laughs> we decided not to continue on with Strumpet City. Right. And this week we are doing 1993's The Secret Garden. Yes. Uh, and we'll have a more updated uh, schedule for the rest of the year for you in a couple of days. Yeah, We just yeah. have to figure out exactly what's going on. Right. Tom all... was out of town all week and got home and it was like, oh shit, we have to record a podcast. <laughs> right. We're a bit discombobulated. I'll say, I, uh, you know, I pushed for Strumpet City a little bit. Uh, Kelly was not having it. Uh, no, I wasn't. You yeah. know why? Why? Because rashers. Rashers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. So, look, we are so sorry that anyone watched that. Yeah. If you did. That right. was so bad. We, well, you know, we uh, there were a lot of strikes against it, and... Uh, here we are. Yes, indeed. <laughs> In other news, I did release my comedy album That's this correct. past week. It's called 20 Minutes to Sell. You can find it on iTunes and Bandcamp, Spotify, Pandora, all the places. It's uh, the bargain of the year, people. Google Play, even. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Like, I hate to throw the G word around. <laughs> uh, yeah, but if you have not bought it, what are you waiting for? It's right? so good, you guys. Yeah. It's really good. And only 20 minutes. It's only 20 minutes. Much shorter than any of our podcasts. It's very true. Yeah. <laughs> so that's been going on. And uh, I think without further ado, let's get into Cousin of the Week. Okay. Cousin Leonard writes, Dear Tom and Kelly, I have both a small gift and a small criticism. It's always best to pair criticism with a gift. I'm sure you will agree. I have been looking forward to your program on Lawrence of Arabia, despite the prospect that our opinions may diverge. I obtained and rewatched the film some weeks ago and then again this past weekend because I always like to review anything you're going to talk about right before you do so. This time, of course, I was faced with bitter disappointment when I awoke on Monday morning only to find LOA MIA. <laughs> I understand that sometimes rearrangements of the schedule must be last minute, but it would be a great help to us, your loyal audience, if you could tell us ahead of time if possible. This way we can adjust our viewing accordingly. That is my only small criticism. Now to my gift. Attached, you will find a piece of artwork slash research that I've undertaken to display the various levels of the British upper classes using characters from Downton Abbey. You may recall a previous email in which I said I was working on a detailed social hierarchy of Britain in the early 20th century using characters from Downton Abbey and Selfridge, showing where everyone fits in relation to everyone else. I'm still working on that, but found it more satisfying to do something artistic, and thus the attached picture. I am self-taught in Photoshop, so my skills are somewhat limited. Nonetheless, I hope you will enjoy the collage. I'm sending it to you for use on the Facebook page. I did not want to post it myself because it is a large file and I was unsure about protocol for contributing something so massive. I hope you and the other Downton fans will like it. Yours truly, Cousin Leonard. 
Thank you very much, Cousin Leonard. Yes. As to your criticism, you are correct. Right. We are taking steps to make that better. And we apologize for the inconvenience around Lawrence of Arabia because everybody has been really excited about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So we're working on that. We're going to have Aaron, who is the head of the Bald Move Network, which we are part of. He is going to be on that episode with us. Mm-hmm. Um, so once we get him locked in for a date, we will reannounce when that is happening. <laughs> yes. Uh, and yeah, the, the chart is fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's really, really great. There's even ISIS at the bottom. So, you know, <laughs> I love it already. Um, uh, but that even is, if she should be at the top. That is, well, you know, uh, there is a link to that on the Facebook page. So if you check out the Facebook page, you will see that graphic. Okay. Great. Yeah. All right. So now I think it's time to uh, talk Secret Garden. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's... How secret is it? Uh, not that secret right? as it It's really out. not that secret. Right. Like all the secrets in this movie are all things where like people are like, oh my God, I found out this secret and everybody else is like, yeah, I know. Yeah. Like literally everybody knows this. Right. Like the only person who thinks it's a secret is that emo guy. <laughs> <laughs> right. We all just humor him because he could have us all killed. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, American Zoetrope production. Francis we, Ford Coppola's. Startled to realize. Yeah, yeah. I was once at a party with Francis Ford Coppola. Tosca's in San Francisco was closing. Yeah. And my friend Joey like tweeted that he just saw Francis Ford Coppola, and then Francis Ford Coppola did show up. Like He tweeted that before he was there. <laughs> and so we were like, oh my god, Joey, you totally made him show up. And uh, I saw him outside trying to get a cab and saying, where's Roman? <laughs> and that was one of the more exciting celebrity celebrity interactions I've ever had. It's pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe uh, maybe Joey did like a fire chant thing. Yeah, to, maybe he did. I yeah, don't know. Could be. I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't either. Anyway, we start off in India. <gasps> yeah. Exotic India. Yeah. Francis Hodgson Burnett never went to India. And I think we may have discussed this when we talked about the little princess. Yeah. But like, she's so fixated on it. Yeah. I am just like, I just always assumed that she was like the daughter of some military guy or something. But nope, she's just a boring lady. Yeah. Well, and the other thing that this one gets into is the the very common British children's trope of the like giant weird house with secrets in it. Yeah. Which I was like, oh yeah, that's how all, most upper class British people grew up in a giant weird house that nobody really understood. Yeah. Like, what a strange... Uh, childhood indeed but you know conducive to finding narnia or whatever (laughs) as we see mary being dressed uh doing you know nothing at all just standing there while you know why did we as humans make other people dress us for so long like no one enjoys that process no she looks hella bored yeah yeah and the people dressing her don't seem super thrilled either because spoiler alert Mary Lennox is the biggest bitch in all of literature. <laughs> like, I'm not sure if there's anyone bitchier than her. Yeah. But, like, a, as a nine-year-old or a ten-year-old, however old she is, I mean, my God. Like, yeah. you don't have anything else to get in the way of your bitchery. Like, yeah. you don't have to be productive. <laughs> you don't have to, like, do anything. Right. You can just really put everything into your bitchery. She's like the Scarlet O'Hara of children's literature. She really is. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so the her servants finally get her all dressed, and they're like, there you go. Our outfits take 30 seconds to put on, and we look great. So <laughs> congratulations. So Mary does some voiceover just describing her life. and This voiceover is really good, actually. Yeah, it Generally, is. Generally, I'm anti-voiceover. Yeah. But she's such a weird character that you kind of have to get inside of her head a little bit. Otherwise, you'll be like, why am I just watching a movie about a bitch? <laughs> right. 
Right. And uh, so we see her falling in dirt and yelling at her mother, who is just completely not even no. looking at her yeah. or caring at all. Uh, she says how she doesn't know how to cry. So fair enough. Yeah. And like we're watching this. We saw like the tail end of Ender's Game. Oh, right. Right before we did this. Yeah. And like that movie's so fucking bad. Yeah. Like Asa Butterfield you should feel bad yeah. about everything that you did. Like, I know you're a child, but that was terrible. Yeah. But so we're watching this. We're like, she should have played Ender Wigan. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. Like, she could definitely kill someone. Yeah. 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 And I mean, much like Ender, she's being raised by, you know, completely like emotionally absent adults. Uh-huh. And it's, it's, you know, like it was awful. Yeah. I mean, I really appreciate that this movie does not shy away from the fact that her parents were actually just terrible people. Yeah. In the stage version, the musical, which I love and will probably be singing from later. I was assuming that would happen. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I heard someone crying, so. Um, No, but in that one, she's got more of a relationship with her parents. And I wish I, I wish that, I also wish this was not a last minute change because I would have loved to have like gone back and read the book Mm -hmm. again and been like, what's that about? Yeah. No, and I, you know, your thing is the musical and I'm much, you know, I have a sort of relationship with the book. It was my mom's like favorite book and she read it to me. Well, maybe you should marry that book then. Uh, I'd rather not. (laughs) Is that Um, book your dickin? It was my mom's dickin'. Um, <laughs> no, she loved it. She read it to me, and she would, you know, when springtime would roll around, there were particular places she always liked to drive through and see, look at the green haze and, and all this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. That was a dickin' line and, and that. So, you know, I always, you know, I like this better than A Little Princess just because I was raised that way. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Mary, though she doesn't know how to cry, does know how to be angry, and she breaks an ivory elephant, elephant of her mother's. And then, like, hides with it under the bed. And then, like, a wind of death blows well, through the room. Well, first her parent, like, her mom comes in and her dad comes in. Right. And you see, and, like, and they're obviously, like, very in love with each other. Because mm-hmm. she was like, oh, I forgot my fan. You didn't have to follow me. And Mary's just like, I hate you. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, but then the wind of death blows through. And uh, with it comes an earthquake. Yeah. Uh, which... I'm not sure how she survived this because she's under the bed. Right. And like a ring of fire has encircled this bed. Yeah. And like she's getting like walled in by all the shit shifting around. Right. And I also was struck by, you know, but yeah, obviously she does not get killed. But I was struck by how this is exactly the first scene in like a superhero movie. That's true. Like exactly. Yeah. Like she could easily go on to fight crime she after this. She kind of does fight crime or yeah. at least medical malfeasance. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, in the book, her parents die as part of this cholera epidemic. Right. This is, I guess, much more dramatic. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was interesting that they changed it. Yeah. Yeah. Cholera can be brought by a wind of death. Come on. (laughs) Uh, it's the only wind of death, really. (laughs) So yeah, our parents are dead. Uh, so we cut to a ship at sea and her disembarking with a whole bunch of other, uh, you know, kids on their own. And there's a crowd of people there to receive him. And some guy who looks like a comic relief character. Like, yes. he isn't. He's just a functionary. But he has a very silly mustache. And uh, he's calling out all the names of the children. And they're all being greeted by loving family members who are very happy to see them. Uh, he then announces Mary's name. And all the kids, like, laugh at her and sing Mary, Mary, Quite Contrary. And, like... Like... 
even for orphans, these kids are shockingly cruel. They are. They're so mean. Yeah. Well, because then he calls Mary Lennox's name out and nobody claims her. Yeah. And he's like, well, just go wait over there. And they all start laughing at her again. They're like, ha ha, you're even more of an orphan than the rest of us. We're going to be members of parliament someday. <laughs> Little dicks. Yeah. They're the worst. Yeah. Luckily, this is the last of them we see this whole movie. Yeah. It's good. Uh, we see Mary alone with everybody gone, except, of course, there's some guy sweeping the floor. Because in this scene, there's always some guy sweeping oh, yeah. the floor. There has to be. Well, how would right. you know it's closing time? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> also, you've never worked in customer service. You have to sweep the floor at the end of the day. Well, I understand. The floor did not like look like it was getting regularly sweeped. Well, but anyway. look, it was his first day, maybe. <laughs> it could be. Uh, but fortunately, before the weird mustache guy can be like, hey, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here, kid. Right. I was like, what's she going to do? <laughs> right. But uh, fortunately, Maggie Smith comes along. <gasps> Guys. Yeah. One of the reasons that we picked this was because we missed Maggie Smith so much. We did. We missed her very much. Mm-hmm. And she is so great in this movie. She is. And she is great in everything. But she earns her full five Maggie Smiths in this one. Yeah. Like, so great. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, she's there to claim Mary Lennox, and the guy's like, "All right," and she goes on to explain like who she is and who she. And he's like, for. "I said all right." <laughs> yeah, he's like, "I genuinely don't care." I'm like, "Great, I don't have to deal with this now. Get her out of here." <laughs> this is the Edwardian era. There's no legal liability. Like, you can sell her. I don't care. <laughs> she's property of the White Star Line now. Oh, <laughs> man. Sometimes I miss Titanic Blood and Steel. I don't know. I can't. Like, is it Stockholm Syndrome? Like, I don't get it. You it's know? Stockholm Syndrome combined with some admittedly good production values. Like, and the blue. I think especially it's I think the, it's blue. the blue. There it's was the blue. Some, like, attuned to some human subconscious. Yeah, it was thing. this particular point on the spectrum that you're just like, <laughs> I want that thing. They use that blue a lot in commercials. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Maggie Smith shows up and calls Mary ugly. Your face! Yeah. And I'm like, oh my god! Yeah. Like, because she says that, and like the the guy, the like orphan dealer, (laughs) is like, oh, you know, she could be pretty someday. Kids can change. Because that's not a theme of this movie. Right. And Maggie Smith is like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. No, she can't. She's ugly and she's going to stay that way. (laughs) Meanwhile, and Mary is just like, she's a scary little girl. Yeah. She's terrifying yeah because she just like stares straight ahead and like blinks as little as possible and everybody is like whoa no i mean it's hard for me to think of like a child actor that's like you know carrying a movie like this that i've thought did as well as she does in this i think that's a fair assessment like i mean you have to have a really solid mary lennox to have a good secret garden adaptation yeah she was phenomenal yeah yeah so in the carriage ride back to uh, Misselthwaite, thank you, Maggie Smith tells Mary that his uncle isn't going to like her and probably will never see her and that her aunt is dead and is surprised that she did not know that as it was her mother's twin sister. And you'd think somebody would have passed that along, but as Mary says, my mother didn't have time to tell me stories. Oh my God. This girl. Yeah. She is a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. Uh, we then get a little shot of Dickon <gasps> riding on Dickon, the moor. The Ryan Gosling of Kidlin. <laughs> Is he the Ryan Gosling? I think no, because he's not like pretty. 
Yeah, he's not pretty, and he's not like he's not like a hipster, right? You know, he's yeah, a weirdo. He, yeah, he's, well, he's yeah, like, like Laurie from Little Women would be the Ryan Gosling, yeah, of Kid Lit, right? And so then the the Dickin Dickin would be the well, I ro- well, I mean, I guess we're gonna say the Christian Bale. Whether yeah. that's just because you said Lori, but... I don't know, man. I, but that's the only other person I can think of that makes any sense. Right, because he's got that sort of... He's got that, like, swag. Yeah. That kind of, like, lower-class swag. Yeah, that's and exactly... And it's like, yeah, lower Ryan class Gosling swag. has obviously always been wealthy. And I mean, right. I'm sure Christian Bale's been wealthy. Uh, yeah, yeah, And maybe this is just the Newsies talking. <laughs> but like, Actually, I think it's uh, heavily the Newsies talking, well, but, but anyway, not only. Yeah, so anyway, look, yeah. point being... Everybody loves Dickon. Everybody does love Dickon. Yes. Yeah. He's the opposite of Rickon <laughs> in Game of Thrones. <laughs> Dickon can control his pets. Maybe George R. R. Martin just has a vendetta against Dickon for some <gasps> weird reason. Oh my god. It's like I'll name a character Rickon and then I'll never do anything. He was Team Colin. <laughs> <laughs> JK, nobody's Team Colin. Yeah, that's true. Even Colin's not Team Colin. No, he's not. So we see Mary waking up in the morning. She's sleeping with that ivory elephant, but she hides it under her pillow. Uh, Maggie Smith comes in with her breakfast, and Mary's like, who's going to dress me? And Maggie Smith's like, I don't know, you spoiled bitch. Yeah, she's like, you're not in India anymore. Yeah. Like, learn how to tie your shoes. <laughs> right. Mary's like, uh, I don't know how shoes work. Yeah. And she doesn't. She, she doesn't. throws them on the floor. She's like, I can't even begin to think about how to do this. Yeah. I'm going to put on these weird boots that a gardener left in my room. <laughs> <laughs> and despite having specifically been told not to wander and poke around, she immediately begins wandering and po- poking around. Yeah. Look, everyone, never tell your kids not to do anything. <laughs> right. Like, I don't know why people keep trying to do that. They don't listen. They don't. Uh, and she's wandering through, like, these deserted parts of the house. There's over a hundred rooms, we've been told. Right. Uh, she opens a door, and a whole bunch of pigeons fly in. They've been like, we've been waiting by that window for years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, guys. That was so fun. <laughs> I bet there's so many breadcrumbs in here. Oh, snap. She didn't even eat any of her breakfast. <laughs> And she finds what she surmises must be her aunt's room, because for one thing, it has a matching ivory elephant, except it wasn't broken by a little bitch of a daughter. <laughs> well. Uh, and she also finds a big old key. So it's, uh, That probably won't be important later. Right. I think pro- we can safely say we've seen the last of that key. <laughs> right. Uh, she sees some servants running downstairs in response to some mysterious summons. Sarah follows them, startling Maggie Smith. Her name is Mary. Yeah, I don't know where Sarah came from. Sarah Crew, man. Oh, you're right. She's like a brain maggot. (laughs) She is. Because everyone's a princess. (laughs) So Maggie Smith hustles Mary back to her room. Then Martha shows up. Martha! Yeah. Martha's the best. She is the best. Martha's the part I always wanted to play in the stage show. Yeah. Yeah. She's very delightful. Uh, She's bringing... Good Lord, I wrote Sarah all over the place. She's bringing Mary her food, and uh, Mary demands to have her ch- clothes changed, and Martha agrees. I'm like, you know, you really don't have to. Like, yeah, Maggie Smith will totally back you up, Martha. Yeah. <laughs> so Martha takes off Mary's nightgown and then tickles her. And thought, I thought all girls like to be tickled. Do they? Yeah, I don't. Right. Generally, yeah. Um, you know, I like to be the one that tickles. <laughs> right. But I don't like to be tickled. Yeah. 
Uh, and she jokes about how all of Mary's clothes are black, and Mary's like, oh my god, how dare you? Yeah. Oh, man. Because well, she's like, when Martha comes in, she's like, are you my servant? Yeah. And Martha is like, uh, well, I'm Mrs. Medlock's servant, and I'm helping her out with you. And then Mary's like, yep, yeah, my servant. Get to work, bitch. Yeah. And Martha's like, you are bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that says nothing because then Martha, chattering away, says that when she heard Mary was coming from India, she thought she was a native. And Mary, Mary loses her mind. Her goddamn mind. She's like punching the walls yeah. and like kicking on the bed. And I'm like, oh, thanks for that excerpt from the life of young Kelly Anakin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Martha apologizes and says, contrary to what Maggie Smith said, that the uncle will want to see Mary at some point. Yeah, Mrs. Medlock's weird. Yeah. Very weird. She is. Well, she then tells Mary that the uncle will not be seeing her that day and tomorrow he will be gone. Uh, and we see him just him in a carriage with like a hand covering over his face. He is the most emo motherfucker it's I have ever seen. Astonishing. He's more emo than that emo kid in that episode of South Park where they have <laughs> the, uh, the dance, dance competition. Yeah. yeah. Like that I thought was the most emo you could be. But nope. Turns nope. out it's this guy. Yeah. This guy. Like Edgar Allan Poe met this guy and was like, dude, tone it down a bit. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, what is the deal? <laughs> Like, not only are you taking my shit, you're, like, doing it badly. <laughs> right. So Martha's putting a sweater on Mary, and the turtleneck gets, like, caught up on her head and is covering up her face, and Martha is just ignoring it and having this conversation through the sweater, which is hilarious. Martha knows how to neutralize a bitch. She does. She mentions Dickon, who is her, uh, her brother, and points her towards the garden. Not the secret garden, this garden that everybody knows about. Yeah, the the the, the regular garden. <laughs> right, the boring garden. Yeah. <laughs> we keep this shitty garden for guests we don't like. <laughs> we find it decreases their stay by two and a half days. <laughs> they get so depressed. Because they know we got a better garden and we're not showing it. <laughs> That's right. They've heard the secret. Oh, they have heard the secret. <laughs> So she heads in. The garden's all, like, frozen. Uh, not much interesting except with the uh, requisite magic wind blowing things around. Yeah, I want to know what the blowing leaves budget is on any Frances Hodgson <laughs> Burnett adaptation. Because it seems like it's really important seems that you have Seems significant, yeah. So Mary spies the secret garden mm-hmm. and asks the gardener about it. His name is Ben Weatherstaff. Yes. Which is a weird name. It is. Not as weird as that actor's name, though, which is uh, Martin Sparrow. Yeah, and both less weird than his hat, which <laughs> his has hat has three like vulture heads on it. Yeah, it's like, dude, right? Where did those come from? Right, it's very bizarre, but he seems to like it. Well, he can talk to birds. He can, well, because he's talking with Mary a bit and filling her in about the garden, but then he sort of gets distracted in a conversation with a bird, and Mary's like, "Hey, human being here, hello." Yeah, and he's like, "I don't like you." Yeah, he does not care. And then Dickon runs off. I guess he sort of saw them or something. You no, know, he like saw them and then he was like playing hard to get. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Typical Dickon. Ugh, Dickon. He's like the wind. <laughs> a magic wind. It's like, hey, you're pretty cute. Uh, hold on. I got to go save a lamb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I would have dated the shit out of that kid. Yeah. Except that no one ever wanted to date me. <laughs> Until you, Poindexter. <laughs> you're welcome. 
I'm your own Mary Lennox. <laughs> That's fairly true. So Martha shows Mary how to jump rope, and Mary's, like, into it. And Yeah, she, this is the first thing she's been into Yeah, the entire time. Yeah, and she, uh, you know, gets... She sucks at first, of course, but kind of gets the hang of it. And uh, she says thank you to Martha. Yeah. What a nice girl. Yeah. What a great movie. By the way, this movie's great. It is. Like, it's such a fun movie to watch. Yeah. It's a very, like, assured movie. Yeah. You're just like, oh, I'm going to watch a movie. And that's exactly what happens to you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Then a bell summons Martha. A bell which, as often before, she refuses to explain the meaning of. Yeah. Secrets. (laughs) So the gardener, Ben, uh, he does a little intro between Mary and the bird. He's like, Mary, bird, bird, Mary. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) he says that they can be friends. Mary says that she's never had any friends. And Ben's like, oh, I believe that. This guy is awesome. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, where were you in my life? I really needed somebody to give it to me straight. Yeah. But, I mean, that is the great thing about this story is that everybody is like, oh, you're really a bitch. You should stop. Yeah. And well, but also it's like, okay, she, you know, what was the, the Edwardian cure for PTSD? <laughs> More PTSD. Yeah. Mocking. <laughs> yeah. Vicious, vicious personal attacks. Right. And uh, talking with the animals. Mm-hmm. So she follows her new friend, Bird, and uh, that bird takes her to the door to the secret garden. So, well done. That bird knows what's up. By the way, the Robin Wrangler or whatever for this movie, you know, like, this Robin is a solid character, always seems to be hitting its mark. That's actually a good, like, it was so good that I didn't notice it at all. I'm like, because it's not CGI. Right. It's a straight up bird. Yeah. And it just, yeah, it does what they want. It really did. Yeah. Well done. Well wrangled. (laughs) Robin Wrangler. (laughs) So, yeah, she finds the door, it's locked, so, aha. I've seen a key that I bet is related to this door. Man, I'm always wrong. (laughs) So she goes and gets it. Uh, Maggie Smith's calling for towels. I wonder why. Uh, And then, boom, secret garden discovered. (gasps) We're in. Yeah, we're inside. Like, this goes so quick. Yeah. Because, again, the stage show, like, we don't even get to the garden until, like, halfway through. Like, that's the big finale is that she finds, I found the key to the garden. (laughs) And it's all great. Yeah. Oh, no, and she hasn't even found the door at that point. I don't remember. Anyway, look, she finds the key. Then at the end, she, like, gets in. Right. It's in the middle of a big storm. There's all these ghosts around. It's very dramatic. (laughs) I believe you. Come on, the terrible storm. Shaking the floors on your head. That's really fun. (laughs) I believe you. Uh, It looks uh, pretty similar to the uh, non-secret garden. But uh, there's a... I couldn't... It seemed like there was just a big old wall in the middle of it that wasn't a wall to a building, just, like, freestanding. That's pretty common, I think. Yeah. Like, the, sti- the style at the time, <laughs> right. you know, was to have, like, a ru- like ruins. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like what they talk about in Arcadia, mm-hmm. the Tom Stoppard play, mm-hmm. for those of you keeping score at home. <laughs> um, but they talk about, you know, there's different styles, and one of them is that, you know, it's like, oh, it's this ruin, and everything's grown up around it, even though, obviously, it was very carefully planned. Right, right. Yeah, there's a statue. The statue, they keep showing the statue, and it's like, I don't know, it's to me like a little weird. It is a weird dude. Yeah. Like, I don't know why they liked it so much. Well, they didn't have TV. (laughs) If if all you had 
was a skipping rope, a weird house, and a weird garden with a weird dude statue in it, you'd be like, holy shit, thank God. Yeah. Something to look at. Fair enough. Yeah, we've also got like a very angelic chorus going on to the soundtrack oh. at this point. It gets hella spiritual. Yeah. And I'm like, could you maybe hold off until like the garden isn't yeah, dead? Yeah, because it's, like, it's, it's all, you know, it's in winter mode. Right. It's in stealth mode. Like you don't want to. she's just going through there like snapping branches off so she can get through, which is fine. Right. But at the same time, like she doesn't well, even effectively snap the branches. Right. Well, I was confused because I was like, why is she snapping those? Did Dickon already tell her about Wick? Wick? Right. When a thing is wicked and someone cares about it <laughs> and comes to work each day like you and me, will it grow? <laughs> it will then have no doubt about it. We'll have the grandest garden ever seen. You know, if you sing more than 30 seconds, we'll have to buy the rights. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dickens, I want it all to be wicked. Will you come and look at it with me? <laughs> I'll come every day, rain or shine, if you want me. All that God needs is for us to come wake it up. But Dickon, what if we save the God and Uncle Archie takes it back? Or Colin wants it. Anyway, I could go on. I know you could. <laughs> I will later. Oh, great. Give a living thing a little chance to grow. Okay. <laughs> We're not recapping the musical day. I honestly thought about it. And I was like, what if I just, for this podcast, just sang the entire original cast album all the way through, did all the voices? Cousins, if that is a thing you're interested in, uh, please let us know. She'll do it. She's crazy. Oh, yeah. Very. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Mary finds some green, a little growing plant. Uh, the robin's chilling out like, hey, yeah, I come here all the time. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like, this ain't no secret to me. I'm a robin. <laughs> I go where I want. <laughs> I don't care who died. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, the magic wind blows a swing around. Next day at breakfast, Mary is advanced to the point of enjoying porridge. Which is a pretty low bar. Yeah, that's, uh, well, look, she's like, listen, you're in England. You can enjoy porridge or you can starve to death. <laughs> this is what we got. <laughs> yeah. No more curry for you, sister. <laughs> and she's like, hey, Martha, what's that noise of somebody crying? And Martha's like, oh, it's the wind. Yeah. And Mary Lennox is like, uh, no, I know what a magic wind is. <laughs> right. That is not one. Yeah. It only blows in gardens. <laughs> So back in the garden, uh, Dickon shows up and is like, hey, uh, I tamed this crow for you. <laughs> Guys, he's so attractive. Like, and this is what's weird because in the stage show, he's like played by an adult person. Mm -hmm. And he's not like – they don't play up the uh, relationship right, for obvious right. reasons yeah, yeah. because that would be creepy. Right. Uh, role of Dickon on Broadway, incidentally, uh, was originated by John Cameron Mitchell of Hedwig and the Angry Inch fame. Oh. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. He's very versatile. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he makes Mary touch his bird. Um, I wish you wouldn't make it about this. I'm sorry. This is this is my jam, Tom. Don't sully my jam. I'm sorry. It's okay. Yeah. But I it's mean, like... <laughs> because it's not... I, I don't know how to explain the fact that it's perfectly appropriate for their ages... But, but they also, super want to bang. Yeah. Like, like there's there's a definite like physical aspect to their relationship. Yeah. That's not again, it's 
it's not wrong for their age. It's mm-hmm. just very present in the movie. Well, and you don't see that yeah. very often in yeah. movies. Even movies where it is about like a childhood romance or mm-hmm. whatever. You know, that didn't happen with Anna Paquin and Macaulay Culkin. Not Anna Paquin, the other one. Anna Chlumsky yes. and Macaulay Culkin in My Girl. Right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he apparently talks with the animals and walks with the animals. What a do-little. Yeah. And uh, Mary announces that she has stolen a garden. I like her moxie. Yeah. I like how she's just like, oh, I stole it. And I mean, I remember that. It's being, mine now. I remember that being a big point in the book that she was so worried yeah. about the fact that she was doing this and it wasn't her garden, mm-hmm. but like she did it anyway. And I just remember that being a moral quandary yeah. that I was interested in for some reason. Well, you were into moral quandaries. I was. I guess I still am. <laughs> Cousins, do you have a moral quandary? Let's talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> So Mary brings Dickon into the secret part of the garden, and we get the discussion about wick, <gasps> which, you know, was certainly stuck in my mind as a child. Oh, it's, yeah. It's a great word. Yeah. Uh, and Mary sees the swing, and Dickon says that that's how her aunt died, was falling off of that swing. And that swing ain't even high. Yeah. I was like, you know what? I think they just put that story out. I think it was like syphilis. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, say it was the swing. We'll blame the swing. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Look at that swing. <laughs> Looks so sinister. <laughs> it's right by that weird statue of that guy. Everybody's going to buy this. <laughs> or no, they're like, really? The swing? Uh, can we see it? Uh, no, I've locked the garden up forever. It makes me very sad. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, you are the boringest lord ever. <laughs> Although I guess, is he a lord? I think the word Lord was used at some point okay. in it. Yeah. I can't remember. I think so. Yeah. They seem very landed gentry. Yeah. You know, he's not like one of the top lords. Oh, no. He's way too emo for that. Yeah. Like, if he had been born into a position to be one of the top lords, he'd like, this kid is too depressed. <laughs> he's got to get... We got to bust him down a couple levels. Yeah. Make him a ship, baronet. Ship him off to Mistlethwaite. <laughs> <laughs> With that incompetent housekeeper. <laughs> is really incompetent. She is. So we see Mary, who's actually sleeping under her bed. Yeah, because she doesn't have PTSD or anything. Right. So she's sleeping under her bed. With the ivory elephant. Yeah. With actually both of the ivory elephants now. And uh, she says that she dreams of her mom for the first time. This scene's pretty fucking devastating. It is. Like, props to this baby. Yeah. Because that baby... Because the adult woman was not very good. (laughs) Yeah. Like, she... Because it's like, okay, so it's her mom in the garden. She's like, I dreamed I was in the garden and it was a jungle. Right. So there's clearly some like transference happening here and she's having this like very intense emotional reaction to her mother's death because like her mother's like calling for her and then baby Mary is walking toward her and then the mom just kind of like runs away. Right. Like I think the implication is that she was supposed to like disappear. Yeah. But it just it was clumsily handled. A little bit yeah. But then just we get like a full 90 seconds of the baby Mary yeah. just crying and calling for her mom and yeah. it's really hard to watch. Yeah. I don't like watching babies cry in TV and movies. Like I have a really hard time with it. Yeah. Um, but this is very affecting. It is. Yeah. So Mary wakes up from this dream and still hears crying. So she goes to find it and she finally finds Colin. What a dick. <laughs> uh, both of them suspect that the other might be a ghost, but nope, they're legit. Yeah. And so Colin's like, well, hey, come here. And so Mary has to kind of go around a staircase or something. And Colin grabs a mirror off his desk and like checks his hair. <laughs> I love that he's been a shut in for 10 years, but he still knows you got to like bring it for the ladies. <laughs> right. 
No, and he also was wiping the tears from his eyes. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Still. Uh, you know, very thoughtful of him. So yeah, they uh, fill each other in on each other's deal. And Colin shows her a portrait of his mother, her mm-hmm. aunt, that is normally kept concealed behind a curtain. You know, he says that she looks like her, as everybody is pointing out that Mary looks like her. He says that he does not look like his mother, and that is one of the reasons that his father does not like him. And, and she's will like, never no, see no, no, him. your father doesn't like you because your father loves misery. <laughs> yeah. He really likes The Cure. He loves that movie, The Crow. Like, you know. Loudenham, I'm assuming. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And he also says that he's going to die. No, and he's just like so cash. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm going to die. P.S. Yeah. Not trying to brag. Mm-hmm. And she's like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. And he's like, uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> right. So they're, uh, they're getting along pretty well. And they, he's like, oh, is this a dream? And she's like, oh, do you want me to pinch you so you can find out? And uh, she does. All little boys like pinching. <laughs> it's not true. I know. Uh, we get a 10-second scene of the cook singing green sleeves in the kitchen. <laughs> I like how they were like, we paid for the rice to green sleeves, and we're going to use it, goddammit. Because it plays also, There's uh, where the key was, was a music box that plays green sleeves. Mm, right. So, But right. I'm pretty sure it's in the public domain, actually. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that's like 600 years old. Man, if somebody did have the rights to it, they would be wealthy. <laughs> I guess that's true. That would be a, That would have been a solid investment. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'll pay you 100 shillings for the rights to this song. I don't know what any of those words mean. <laughs> oh, well, then I will just punch you and take them. <laughs> Mary digs in the garden with Dickon. They're uh, planting some lilies to go with the lily that she had found, as I understand it. And he gives her the little Mary Mary quite contrary line, but he's not making fun of her and she's like oh haha and she joins in yes. and it's like oh this is great yeah we're gonna get married <laughs> i assume sure i know that's not what really happens yeah, yeah i don't think so <sighs> they talk about colin a bit and uh dickon knows all about colin yeah it's like yeah everybody knows that yeah come on oh we did skip colin clarified in the previous scene that his mother died oh wait no that's happening right now because Mary's like, oh, I thought she died from falling off that swing. Right. He's like, well, she was pregnant, and then the baby came too soon. Yeah. So that makes more it sense actually... than falling off of a swing. <laughs> right. Like, falling off of a swing normally is not a big deal. But falling off of a swing pregnant, yeah. then you've got some problems. Right. And Clearly, she's dead. Yeah. It also gives more uh, justification to the emo-ness of I mean, look, you yeah. can be emo like that for like a year, hey. maybe two years. Right. But if you have a kid, you need to nut up. Yes. You need to go to the Gap, you need to get a haircut, and you need to start listening to Counting Crows. At the Gap? Yeah. They do that now. I did not know that. They're like, change your hair, change your emo. I don't know. Shut up. I just went to the Gap. You don't know anything. No, I don't. I did not just go to the Gap. I don't know what's up. Yeah. And uh, she plants a bulb upside down. And he corrects her. And then we get a little time-lapse shot of yeah, the roots. all of a sudden, this is a Henry Selleck movie? Like, what's <laughs> right. going on? It was very weird. There had not been anything it is, like that. It does that. not fit with the tone of the movie as a whole. Yeah. Like, I understand what they thought they were trying to do. But it's a movie that's so heavily focused on Mary Lennox's POV mm-hmm. that, like, having anything that takes you out of that is really jarring. Yeah, yeah. Mary does a puppet show for Colin. 
And, uh, yeah, when that's done, she wants to open the window, but he won't let her because, A, they're nailed shut, and, B, they are nailed shut because otherwise spores will come in and ruin his lungs. Yes. And she's like, what? He's like, I don't know. That's just what they told me. (laughs) (laughs) These two are so hilarious together. I want them to have a sitcom. Like, that's so great. Yeah. No, they're really great together. This scene is really great. He... (laughs) <laughs> she says that he might go bald someday and he's like no I won't I'll be dead before I'm old enough to go bald oh my god no and this is also great because my main complaint about the stage musical is that like Colin is such a fucking pussy <laughs> I mean this kid is a pussy also but he's sure. got some fire in him but yeah. in the musical it's like as soon as Colin gets introduced it's like ugh and it's always this like boy soprano and I don't know who's out there <laughs> still who's like you know what I love is a boy soprano <laughs> great stuff love it whole wedding boy sopranos <laughs> like nobody nobody really likes that yeah. um, I know they used to castrate kids for that reason never understood that no i was like nothing could be worth that yeah and it doesn't even sound that i watched the snowman (laughs) that shit is terrible anyway so colin is so awful Mm -hmm. that once he gets introduced in the stage play you're like oh would this kid just fucking die (laughs) um well and i guess it's helped a little bit though because in the musical they had invented this uncle i think he's actually in the book but he's a very minor character Mm -hmm. but his uncle is this doctor but in the musical he's like trying to kill colin Ah. so that he can like basically take over wow as you know, functional air. Yeah. Generally speaking, don't have the next in line to the estate be in charge of the medical care. Yeah. Like, that seems... That's a lesson from up here downstairs to you, cousins. <laughs> right. Don't do that. Yeah. Or like, you know, get a second opinion at least. Uh-huh. Just make sure they're not trying to fuck with you. Yeah. So then Colin suddenly realizes that Mary is not wearing a face mask, which everybody is supposed to do, and he tries to get her to do it, and she starts to, she's like, oh, it's itchy, I'm not gonna wear this. Oh my god, if Mary Lennox was a real person, and like, was alive today, she would be a CEO seven times over. (laughs) Yeah. She would be the president of everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Like, look, think of Hillary Clinton times ten. That's Mary Lennox. She's pretty great. Yeah. Yeah, so when he he's like, no, you have to wear the mask, I order you. She's like, uh, I'm going to go back and hang out with Dickon. And and he does not like that, nor should he. No. Oh, no. <laughs> Dickon's the goods. Yeah. I mean, Dickon's like, oh, man. He's like Heathcliff from Wuthering Heights without all the drama. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's constantly wandering the moors. Right. But he's just like, oh, hey, girl, I'm only wandering the moors to bring you this baby lamb. Yeah. That I saved with my hands. Yeah. He's like the, you know, very welcoming heights or whatever. Ooh, man. Dickon. I got to go write some alternate universe fan fiction <laughs> later about me and Dickon. <laughs> uh, Why can't you be more like Dickon? I, uh, I'm not Northern. (laughs) (laughs) Fine. (laughs) Stupid. You're from the North of where I grew up. That's, well, slightly true. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, Colin and Mary are having a fight, but then it's interrupted because Miss Medlock rolls in. And so, uh, Mary hides under something, some table or whatever. Actually. Yeah. Because Medlock is there with, quote, the machine for your legs, which is like... 
it's a hand cranked machine with like nodes. Right. And actually I have used something similar. Mm-hmm. They still use it in like chiropractic, mm-hmm. which I can never remember what it's called, but it's, you know, these little stick pads and yeah. you turn up the intensity of the voltage and it sends, you know, a very mild electrical current through your muscles. Right. Um, however, this is just a testament to how fucking rich this family is. <laughs> yeah. Because like they can just have this. Right. And that's not a problem. Yeah. Well, plus, and it was just, like, disturbing. It was like, oh, I've come with a machine for your legs. Like, are, now are we in Cronenberg? Like, uh, almost. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was rough. I would totally go to see David Cronenberg's <laughs> The Secret Garden. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. He could do it. A history of gardens. <laughs> Garden drome. <laughs> Long live the new leaf. <laughs> Oh, man. I wish David Cronenberg listened to this podcast. That'd be cool. (laughs) He might. Cousins, (laughs) do you know David Cronenberg? Are you David Cronenberg? (laughs) If so, we want to hear your story. Yeah. Or maybe we don't, actually. Yeah, I was going to say. It seems like it could go wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Well, what do you know about body horror? I've been waiting for decades for somebody to ask me that. (laughs) (laughs) I love our David Cronenberg impressions. I have no idea what he actually sounds or looks like. Right. He's just so sinister. (laughs) Uh, Martha catches a glimpse of Mary and stops cranking the torture device. And Medlock's like, hey, Martha. Torture. (laughs) You were hired for torture. Uh, But then Maggie Smith realizes she's forgotten the herbs that she needs. Herbs. Yeah. Herbs. Yeah. They say herbs. Fine. In Britain. Okay. So she goes off to get them. (laughs) (laughs) And Martha and Colin are like, okay, Mary, get the fuck out of here because she will, like, Medlock will go crazy. You gotta She'll fire Martha. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, Mary's like, no, I'm gonna stay. And they're like, no, seriously, dude, we've been here a long time. Yeah. He's been in this room for 10 years. (laughs) Right. You gots to go. Uh, the uncle arrives back, accompanied by many dogs. So many dogs. A surprising number of Vicious dogs. Vicious dogs. Yeah, big old dogs. Like scary dogs. Yeah. Not a fan of these dogs. No. I like dogs. They're friendly. Right. Uh, but these are not friendly dogs. No, they aren't. These are mean emo dogs. Yeah. <laughs> these are dogs where he was like, I'm going to buy you just to withhold affection. <laughs> because my wife died. Everyone else has to be miserable. And having this herd of dogs is part of that plan. It's worked on my son. It's going to work on these dogs. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Mm. Ugh. God, no wonder, like, Colin's such a dick. Like, nobody gave him, like, you know, the baby monkey touching. Yeah. Let me clarify what I mean by baby monkey touching. (laughs) Yes. No, because I know exactly what you mean. No, but there was that study where they had two baby... Were they chimps? I think so, but, you know. Anyway, they were baby monkeys, and one of them was kept in this horrible cage and never experienced touch. Yeah. And the other one did, and just the baby monkey that didn't... I'm, like, tearing up even just thinking about this baby monkey, you guys. Like, it's really upsetting that science did that. Right. Oh, my God, that poor baby monkey. Yeah. I hope it got reincarnated as something that got a lot of snuggles. I hope so, too. Anyway. Yes. Uh, yeah, and I mean, you know, Colin would have had a nursemaid at some point or something, so he wouldn't have been... Yeah, that's true. You know, by the standards of, you know, the gentry who would have... <laughs> no touching! 
The rules of prison and the English landed gentry strikingly similar. <laughs> yeah. So Mary goes with Maggie Smith to the uncle she's been summoned to see. Uh, the dog is there, scary as shit. Like, yeah, no, I'm, I, yeah. no, it's like, is this a test, dude? Is it like, oh, hi, orphan. Please walk past my terrifying herd of dogs so we can have a weird conversation. Yeah. Uh, he says that he's stunned by Mary's eyes. So great. You know why? Why? Because they're Lily's eyes. She has her eyes, she has my Lily's hazel eyes, those eyes that saw him happy long ago. How can I now forget that once I dared to be in love, alive, and whole in Lily's eyes, in Lily's eyes. That there's no way for me to get through this podcast without continually giving you more cues. <laughs> I know! It was my whole plan. Oh, I'm so happy to be alive. <laughs> oh. oh, man. It's great. It's yeah. amazing. The uncle's surprised that he never got a picture of Mary. Uh, and he's like, well, my, parent, my parents didn't have time to take pictures. Yeah. I... Every time she says that shit, it's great. No, and it's just like her with that and like Colin being like, I'm going to die. Yeah. Like these two are hysterical. Yeah. Put them on the road. Vaudeville that <laughs> shit up. <laughs> the cripple and the bitch coming soon to a town near you. <laughs> yeah. Apparently Medlock wants to send Mary off to boarding school. Uh, but she's like, no, I don't want to learn anything. Uh, and she just wants a bit of earth. Mm hmm. Uh, a bit right. of earth. Thank you. Um, I only stopped because I realized that I was singing a choral part that I didn't know all of. I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> so, <laughs> you have to live with me. Yeah. You know what we're going to do after this? Listen to Secret Garden. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> um, Try to contain your excitement. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so the uncle's like, great, I didn't want to waste money educating a girl. You can have your bit of earth. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, so she gets hustled out of the room, and uh, the uncle's like, okay, now I'm leaving till winter. Bye. No, and I'm like, that's a long time, bro. That is. It's still basically winter right yeah. now. Yeah. What do you mean? It's like, like, you're going to be gone for a year. What do you do when you're gone? He's like, I'll be gone till November. Um no, I, I think he has another family. That's my theory. <laughs> Do you think that they're a whole emo family? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we see Mary just throwing seeds around, celebrating the fact that she has a bit of earth. And it's like, no. He, yeah. And he had literally just put, like, little the cards. Labels. Like, he's doing this garden right. He's, yeah, like, putting Dickens out the there. labels. Like, yeah. He's like, you know, you literally don't just throw them everywhere. That's not gardening. That's- My parents never had time to teach me about gardening. She's not even in bitch mode anymore. She wouldn't even say that no, again. No, she's not. She's pretty happy. She's very happy point. now. Yeah. And she looks healthier. Like, And what's her name? Kate Maberly? Yeah, I think so. Like, she is such a good little actress. Yeah. Like, it's unbelievable. Because yeah. it's like, so many times, even in something like this, like, you know, with like an Abigail Breslin or somebody like that, you're like, oh, you've been, like, been coached. But with, right. she seems very natural. She does. She seems like an inhabited person. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Dickens like, yeah, that's great. And then it starts raining. And Dickens like, it's raining. <laughs> uh, thanks, Captain Obvious. Right. A crow told me. <laughs> <laughs> what a dick. What a dickin. Yeah. <laughs> dickin. Boom. So Mary and Colin we see doing a jigsaw. And Mary tells Colin a story that uh, that she used to be told in India. And it's a story about Brahma. Or no, it's uh, Krishna. Krishna. Yeah, thank you. Uh, about how he opened his mouth and his nursemaid saw the entire universe inside. And Colin's like, uh, I'm British. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, he's like, fuck you and this story. Yeah. And then Mary's like, uh, well, I'm going to leave. Yeah. I didn't come here to be sassed by you. Yeah, and she says how he's sour. Yeah. yeah. And oh my god, she <laughs> says that he's sour, and I wish I had a gif yeah. of the sourest face, <laughs> because he makes it. Yeah. Right when she's like, you're sour. He's like, hmm, I'm not sour. I'm like, oh, well, your face would suggest otherwise, <laughs> yeah, sir. it really would. We see Martha giving Mary a bath, and uh, just discussing the whole Uncle and Colin situation. What a fun batch of gossip this house produces. This mm-hmm. would be a fun place to live, you guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Martha seems very happy with her no, lot. No, man, Martha's doing great. Yeah. She seems like a very capable maid. Yeah. Even if she does talk too much, as she says. <laughs> uh, so then night comes along, and the uncle decides to do his <laughs> continuous father of the year in person. <laughs> by... <laughs> Sneaking into Colin's room and watching him sleep. With a, like, kerosene lamp. Yeah. And it is so, like, it's it's so ridiculous. I, I, there's something I keep trying to think of that it reminds me of where somebody's just, like, inept and, like, foppish. Right. And just like, oh, 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 oh. He's yeah. like the worst ghost ever. <laughs> he is. The ghost that all the other ghosts make fun of. <laughs> <laughs> like, ugh, that guy. <laughs> right. I hope he's not haunting around here tonight because we are going to have a party. <laughs> Ghost party. <laughs> that undead party. Novelty song. <laughs> so so we get a voiceover of Mary saying, and then it was spring because of the rain or whatever. Oh, uh, uh, well, then isn't there more time-lapse photography? Yes, there is. Because they were like, listen, we paid for this time-lapse <laughs> photographer and we're going to use him, goddammit. There's like a full 60 seconds of time-lapse flowers mm-hmm. and such, so forth uh, with the angelic music, again, slightly more appropriate this time. Yeah, this is like an angelic moment. Yeah, and then there's a baby duck, there's <gasps> a baby lamb. Oh, shit! Yeah. It was a baby lamb falling down it on was. its wobbly legs. Yeah. You guys, i really like to eat lamb. <laughs> And this movie is making me like reconsider that as a life <laughs> choice because I'm like, oh my god, they're hella cute. They are also delicious. Yeah. Well, let's leave yeah, this moral dilemma to the side. Moral quandaries. Yeah. You never know when they're gonna happen. <laughs> you don't. Uh, Dickon and Mary have devised a plan in which Dickon will use his little pony that it rides around on and pull the shutters off of Colin's windows, and uh, he does. Yeah, works great. So Mary, like, opens up one of the windows and, like, runs off to go hang out with Dickon. And Colin, like, freaks out. Yeah, he totally loses his mind. He does. He cannot handle it. Uh, they like, weren't exclusive. <laughs> he needs to calm down. He needs well, to settle. he doesn't. He goes crazy. He, you know, Martha and some man, a servant, come in and, like, carry him into the bed. 
I feel like that guy doesn't usually have to do this kind of work. He was just like trying to like get Martha's number. <laughs> and then she was like, I need you to come and help. I can't do a Northern accent. I don't it know. It always yes. turns into an Irish accent. Well, it's very hard. I'm sorry, baby. Me too. Someday. Mm, we'll see. Or not. Like who cares? Um. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone listening to this podcast. <laughs> so Colin's going crazy and Mary marches into the room and says that she hates him and everybody hates him and that there's nothing wrong with him. And if he was really sick, he wouldn't be able to scream like that. Oh, man. It's so great because Colin fucking is the worst. Yeah. Yeah. And Colin says that he's going to die because of the lump on his back. And Mary's like, there's no lump on your back. Yeah, you twat. Yeah. Lumps aren't hereditary. <laughs> right. And and makes him – and so goes to – like pulls his nightshirt up to, to look at it. Uh, Medlock has just arrived. She was out doing housekeeper things, I suppose. And big man servant is like, you know, come quick. That weird kid's being weird. And, <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, which one? <laughs> They're both quite weird. Yeah. Uh, but just as Mary is saying that there is no lump, Medlock comes in, uh, is furious, slaps Martha. Just straight up clocks her. Yeah. We were both very taken aback by the violence of that slap. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... And, you know, things are going crazy. Uh, then Colin orders Medlock to leave. And she's like, well, I, well, only so as not to disturb you anymore. Yeah. And leaves with this weird old guy that she hangs out with. I think with. it's her side piece. Uh, could be. I don't know that she has a main piece. <laughs> right. But that guy's the side piece. <laughs> I feel like she could do better. <laughs> Look, she's really busy. He's probably just who's around. Yeah, presumably. It's not like people are falling all over themselves to go to Mistlethwaite Manor. <laughs> They're like, man, those people fucking suck. Yuck. That dude will make you listen to Love Song on repeat forever. <laughs> they won't let you in the sucky garden. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so Colin, alone again with Mary, says that he wishes he could go to his mother's garden because Mary had told him about it. But but not that she had it. Right. Not that she had stolen it. Right. And Mary's like, you know what? I'm going to come clean. I stole your mom's garden. It's mine now. <laughs> <laughs> so then we see Colin uh, in his chair at the at the top of the staircase with all the household assembled around him. He is him. like the oldest, youngest man in the world. He right. is so old. Yeah. Like, he is a grandpa. Right. It's like a Benjamin Button situation. Yeah. Like it's- <laughs> uh, but he announces to them that he is going out, uh, that he is not to have anyone near him except for the gardener, and uh, yeah, that's it. And then he's like, now what do I say to them, Mary, if I want to be a Raja or whatever? She says, I have spoken, all depart. And he says that. Like a ch- I mean, he's very good at public speaking. He is. Considering no. that he's been a shut-in for 10 years. Yeah, very strong voice. So they go out, Medlock's, you know, upset by the whole situation, but Well, Colin- and she's told explicitly that she can't go. Like, right. She thought that didn't mean her. Right. But then it did. It did, yeah. Sorry for your trouble, boo. <laughs> uh, we see some lambs frolicking. Uh, Dickens pushing Colin, and Colin, he's got the need. The need for speed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have to keep that wheelchair going at least 60 miles an hour. It's going to blow up. <laughs> right. Uh, but no, he's literally like, faster, faster. Like, Dickens, like, this is cross-country wheelchair. Like, this is not... Yeah, I didn't train for this. I do parkour. 
Let me get my pony to push you. <laughs> that pony would kill Colin. <laughs> that pony would be like, you're bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I got a whole backstory for that pony. <laughs> Clearly. His name is Claude. <laughs> Fair enough. Claude the pony. <laughs> Spin off. <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> So they head into the garden. Uh, Dickon tells Colin that he will walk some days. Like, you've got legs like the rest of us. I'm like, people can have legs and not be able to walk, Dickon. Like, I don't want to walk you. Look, he is not paid to be smart. No, he's not. I don't think he's paid at all. Yeah, it's not at all clear. He, well, because he doesn't... In the, It's more clear in the books because uh, Dickon and Martha's mother is more of a character. Right. And, like, he just is, like, allowed to do whatever he wants. Yeah. Because people were like, well, he's autistic or whatever, so yeah. we're just going to let that go. Yeah. And, he, you know, he can summon a flock of crows to defend us if necessary. Yeah, like, so. what are you going to do? Yeah. Um, no, this is actually a good point to talk about. It is a weird movie because you've got this character who is disabled. Right. But then it turns out was never disabled. Yeah. And it's a very strange narrative because it's like the whole thing is hinging on like him learning to walk, which is great. Yeah. If there's nothing wrong with him, he should absolutely learn how to walk. Right. But yeah. it's also like when everybody really thinks that he can't walk, it's like, why are you trying to tell him that he can do this thing that he can't like, right. It's right. very weird. Yeah. It's yeah. very, very weird. Yeah. Uh, Yes. I would be interested to know. I know uh, Cousin Andrew has a podcast sort of about, you know, mm-hmm. disability and its depictions in media. Like, I'm just curious what the scuttlebutt is uh, yeah. on the Secret Garden in the, like, disabled community. Because right. it seems pretty fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and kids read this when they're, like, 10. Oh, sure. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a weird one. It's a puzzler. It is a little bit. You know, I mean, it all makes perfect sense within the context of the story. Oh, yeah. Totally. But, yeah. So, yeah, Colin's had his eyes closed until he gets to the right spot, and then he opens them, and, you know, I mean, the garden's pretty dope or whatever. Like, it's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Mary points shit out to him. Colin hangs out with a baby deer. <gasps> but that deer's going to eat that garden. They uh, need to get that deer out of there. <laughs> Dickens like, he'll only eat what I tell him to eat. <laughs> oh, Dickon. <laughs> uh, Dickon also eats a worm, just to, like, sort Which of... Which was weird. It was. That was the first moment, really, in this movie where I was reconsidering. Yeah. I was like... I get, um, yeah. I get it. Right. I get it. And you're like going to be able to be like a survivalist. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're a prepper. I get that. <laughs> but I don't want to watch you eat worms. Yeah. Nobody does. But that is something that uh, young boys will do. Like, I know. There's that whole book, How to Eat Fried Worms. Well, right. I also knew people. Oof. Oh, you've seen some shit, huh? I have. Oh. I didn't enjoy it. I'm so glad I'm not a boy. Yeah. It's <laughs> weird. <laughs> But then the uh, gardener interrupts this thing. His head pops up over the wall. And they're all like, hey, gardener, uh, you weren't supposed to see this. <laughs> and he's like, I see all. <laughs> Incidentally, this guy, Martin Sparrow, or whatever yes. his name is. I think, I think it? it's, it's Sparrow was his last name. Yeah. And I couldn't believe. I was like, did they change his? Like, I thought that was the character's name. They changed it to Sparrow. <laughs> but that guy was in Ever After. He played mm-hmm. Maurice. And he played that old blind guy in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Yes, indeed. He's just been around. A we movie got which very... I cannot even tell you how many times I saw. <laughs> it was awful. I have seen it maybe one and a half times. <laughs> right. Yeah. I saw it like 12 times. I bet you did. Yeah. 
God. I was so dumb then. Uh, we all were dumb then. I was 12. But you never ate a worm, did you? No, that's true. See, you're already that going you're for ahead me. of the game. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Mary's like, oh, it's totally fine that I'm here because that Robin you introduced me to showed me. And he's like, oh, well, if the Robin did it. Yeah. And that literally is good enough for him. <laughs> yeah, it really is. <laughs> like, I trust that Robin. I've known that Robin for years. Yeah. Uh, then that Robin made him that hat. <laughs> He has to wear it all the time, even though he hates it. <laughs> probably like, hey, what happened to that hat? And he's like, oh, uh. I dropped it in the, in the sucky garden. <laughs> right. And Ron was like, oh, I'll just fly back there and I'll get it. He's like, no, no, wait, it's, it's here. It's here. I'm putting it on. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hate you. <laughs> what an odd couple. <laughs> the Rob is the Felix Unger. <laughs> I'm envisioning almost as more of a who's afraid of Virginia Woolf situation at this point. <laughs> How should I know, Robin? <laughs> when that when that Robin saw that garden, it was like, what a dump. <laughs> oh. oh, man. Yeah. So that makes Mary honey. Oh, and yeah. And Colin, Nick, and then Dickon is that fake son that they don't have. <laughs> <laughs> so the gardener sees colin and is like whoa i thought you were some you know twisted monster <laughs> that's what everybody says yeah and uh colin's like i am not and then he uh he stands up yeah to show which is that his cool. legs aren't twisted yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and it is pretty cool it's like oh good for you brony yeah way to do it yeah friendship is magic yeah, and so Mary's like, well, I guess now that you know, you can, you know, come to the garden, too. And the gardener's like, I've been coming in all along, because the lady told me to take care of the roses, and before, you know, before she died, mm-hmm. and then they all said that the place was to be shut, it, shut, and nobody was to go in it, but she gave her orders about the roses first, mm-hmm. and I've been coming in and taking care of them. And it Which was very, is so great, guys. Yeah, it was very... Ben Mothersaf's also very great in the stage play. <laughs> And he sings this whole song about uh, being a gardener. (laughs) In a surprising twist. He's like, it's a maze, this garden. It's a maze of paths, but a soul can find a way. For an old man knows how a year it goes when the cold hard ground and the spring comes round. When I the wish- seeds take hold and the birds on hold, how an English garden grows. I wish the cousins could see your facial expressions as you do this. <laughs> Skip, skip the ladies <laughs> to the master's gate. Slip, slip the ladies while the master ate. Tiptoed the chambermaid who stole their pearls. Snip, snip the gardener cut off their curls. I'll stop even though there's a Dickon verse coming up. So Dickon goes to let the gardener into the garden. <laughs> and Colin and Mary have like a moment together. It's, I don't know, they're just like... Yeah, it isn't, isn't this where he's like, I want us always to be together? She's yeah. like, we are together. I told them to fuck off about boarding school. This is great. <laughs> yeah. Feral yeah. children! Unschooling! <laughs> just run a Montessori thing in the garden. <laughs> yeah, Dickens the teacher. Because he's 11. No, Dickens the teacher. There'll be, like, animals in class with them. <laughs> Baby lambs learning to walk. Yeah. Baby lambs. <laughs> Now, Claude, I didn't call on you. <laughs> <laughs> this is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I 
need to send that pony to detention. Yeah, so uh, Colin walks a bit more. Uh, the, well, the kids are hanging out with a lamb, which is a super cute lamb. Baby lamb! Yeah. Uh, then Colin walks a bit, and the lamb's like, hey, hey, I just learned to walk too. Why aren't you all singing and dancing about me, huh? But uh, they don't they don't care. <laughs> that night colin sneaks into mary's room ah the tables have turned mm-hmm. now they can walk and everything uh and he says that he wants his father to see him and specifically wants his father to see him before anybody else mm-hmm. any of the servants or anything uh so they're trying to figure out like where he is they don't know where his other family lives he's never bothered to share that yeah. so he uh, mary says that she saw some things in his room when she was there so Mary goes, sneaks into it, uh, finds pictures, and a scary dog. No, because I was like, oh, he probably took those fucking dogs with him, right. right? And then, like, just when you think it's fine, there's that fucking dog. And you're yeah. like, ah, get out of there, Mary! Yeah, for God's sake. You could be killed. That dog is huge. It is vicious, too. Yeah. But back in a room, they look through the pictures that she found, and they are pictures of her aunt and uncle on the swing mm-hmm. that they have seen and you know when right, she's pregnant right when she's pregnant like this was such a sweet little scene of them looking at these photos right like i didn't like register it at the time but like they were just so natural and like because yeah. like colin like is pointing at his mom's stomach he's saying oh that's me i'm in there yeah and like it's just it's just how kids are yeah no i would have done exactly i i have done that yeah as a child Man, kids are so great yeah hey cousins if you got kids good for you yeah we uh, I I also had a less sweet thought as I was watching. I was like, because they're th- flipping through the pictures, and I was like, is the last picture going to be her like halfway falling out of the swing? Like ah, well, we paid all this money for this photographer. <laughs> We're going to use him. <laughs> I'm glad that was not the case. Me too. Yeah, <laughs> this was much better for us emotionally. Yeah. Uh, Colin wakes up in bed with Mary. They fell asleep together, and uh, so he he heads back to his room. It's very sweet. Mm-hmm. So then in the secret garden, Colin takes pictures of Dickon pushing Mary in the swing. And it's like, oh, this is fun. We're all having fun together. Then Dickon gets in the swing with Mary and uh, kind of loses himself in her eyes. Right? They make like the most like emotionally naked eye contact they've ever seen. And I'm yeah. like, I'm living wrong. Yeah. How come you never look at me like that? Is it because we're always watching things for this podcast? <laughs> That's part of it. <laughs> well, plus, we don't have a swing. A swing. Well, maybe we will. Have emotional vulnerabilities. Yeah, make Colin jealous. Yeah, I love making Colin <laughs> jealous. That's the best. Yeah. So he, yeah, he's not. Yeah, happy. he gets mad. He yeah. yells at them. Yeah. Also, they just have a camera. Right. It's like 190 something. Yeah. And they have a fucking camera. Yeah. These people are loaded. <laughs> They're doing all right. They've got extra gardens. Also, Mary's clothes have been getting markedly better. I'm like, who's doing her shopping? Because yeah. I want them in my life. Oh, I'm Martha. I do the shopping. I, I bet shop she does. at the paradise. <laughs> oh, God. That was so weird. It was a weird show. So, Colin is back in the clutches of Medlock. He's all wrapped up in sheets, and she is, you know, treating him. He says that he doesn't want to be treated that he is well but she does not believe him and she signals her guy okay start loading the bathtub filled with ice yeah it's like ah no i mean most of the methods that she's using seem straight out of like a victorian asylum like was she like the nurse ratchet (laughs) of the victorian era and then they shut down those madhouses and she was like what am i gonna do now and she was like oh my skills could translate to you know 
taking care of this psychosomatic boy. <laughs> right. She shows up. I've been looking through your references. I see you're very skilled at dystopian <laughs> medical treatment. That's going to go far. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, and she says that she is not going to stand for this anymore. Well, she says that, like, his legs are swollen and yeah. that he's all, like, feverish or whatever. And that she's not going to stand for it anymore. She's not going to let them hang out together, the kids. She's not going to put up with any more shenanigans. Uh, she drags Mary to Mary's room, calling her pig-headed along mm-hmm. the way. And, uh, locks- I thought she called her pin-headed. Oh, I think pig- well, pig-headed because, like, stubborn. Yeah, pig-headed makes more sense. Yeah. I thought calling her a pinhead was weird. <laughs> yeah. It just goes back to her medical training. (laughs) Yeah, so she locks Mary in the room, but they have already figured out how to avoid all this nonsense with locks, Mm -hmm. apparently. And so they've snuck out at night, and they have a fire going, and Ben's there as well. And Dickon is playing, like, Indian music on his flute that he, he knows Indian music now, apparently, and they do a chant. That is also Indian and dance around the fire. And then Colin began summoning his father in English. And it's like cool. And yeah, like, man, they put a lot of work. In, like they put more work into this than I did into planning my wedding. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like they like went through this whole thing. And uh, I like this much better than the similar scene in the stage musical, which is a song called Come Spirit, Come Charm. And that's actually how they cure Colin. Mm. It's like they sing that song and they're like, oh, we want him to be well. Yeah, and then yeah. he is, and then everyone's bored forever. <laughs> because it's like, this was the central conflict, and now what are we supposed to do? <laughs> right. Yeah, and uh, so the <clears throat> the chant uh, works. We get like a weird, various shots indicating the chant working. And then, yeah, because it's uh, Lilius is actually the wife's name. Right. Which is a terrible name. God awful. Uh, so she's like standing in the garden. She's calling for Archie. Mm-hmm. And saying she's in the garden, and he's like on some rocks because right. that's where he likes to hang out in his dreams. <laughs> is this desolate, <laughs> rocky terrain, right? And then he's yelling, "Lilius, love, <laughs> beauty." Except and he's not really into either of those. No, like, death, despair, death, misery, <laughs> sneaking into my son's room. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, but then he wakes up and he's like, oh shit. Yeah. A magic spell happened. I need to go. Yeah. So he calls out to the bellhop. It's like, listen, I have to go. Was he sleeping in the lobby? He was sleeping in the, maybe it was like some kind of gentleman's club situation. It was situation, weird. Yeah. But yeah. So there's this bellhop there and it's like, hey, I gotta go. And the bellhop's like, oh, but I thought we were gonna be friends. Yeah, I made you dinner. Oh. <laughs> no, no, he's like, he's like, I have to go immediately. Fetch my box of pinky rings. <laughs> They're in the safe. <laughs> so he arrives at Mistlethwaite, and Martha's like, oh, my God, runs in and tells Maggie Smith, who's like, get me out of this apron. Uh, and, like, very they, – they don't get her out of the apron fast no, enough they to suit don't. her. No. Uh, so she catches up to the uncle. What is his name? Archie. Archie. Archibald Craven. <laughs> One of the most on-the-nose names since Ender Wiggin. <laughs> yeah. Naming your kid Ender, if the point of him is to, like, end this war, is, like, you want your kid to be a chef, so you name him Cooker. Right. Like, what the fuck? Tasty food maker. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you know Tasty Food Maker? Oh, we went to college together. (laughs) Terrible cook. (laughs) 
So yeah, Medlock catches up to Archie at the door of Colin's room. Colin, not there. But she makes a big show of looking through the obviously <laughs> empty bed to find him. Right. How this woman has held on to her position for this long, I do not know. I mean, to be fair, I don't know what, like, what do you do when... How do you lose a boy who can't walk? Right. That's exactly what she was thinking uh-huh. and was baffled. Uh, so she basically blames Mary for yeah. it. Well, I mean, which is true. It is Mary's fault. Yeah. And so she brings him off to, she brings him to Mary's room and unlocks. She's, he's like, oh, you lock her in. She's like, I have to. Uh, but then she's not there either. And then Martha chimes in like, so obviously you two are idiots, but maybe you should check the garden. The sucky garden? Why would they be in there? <laughs> <laughs> we make it so inhospitable. <laughs> it's filled with mosquitoes. <laughs> so yeah uh archie heads off medlock keeps you know is falling and still trying to blame mary and archie's like no mary's a child you were in charge here and heads off and maggie smith says that she'll resign and leave that day and sits down on the steps and starts crying yeah yeah i wow yeah. Like, hell of a performance, Mags. Yeah. This is great. Yeah, it is. Because she's not a likable character. Right. But you're like, oh, shit. You've yeah. been... Because, I mean, she says at some point, she's like, I have been working to keep that boy alive yeah. all these years. And I'm not going to have it messed up by, you know, you. Right. And it's just like, shit, man. Yeah. And Somebody needs better boundaries between their life and their personal... <laughs> their work life and their personal life. Yeah. Not likely in England. At the time. At the time. Uh, and Martha sits and holds Medlock as she cries. Uh, so the kids are playing in the garden. They're playing Blind Man's Buff. And Colin's blindfolded. And Archie heads in and sees Colin, who's blindfolded, and, and ends up like walking towards him blindfolded. And they have a whole you know thing. Mm-hmm. And he reaches out and feels his father's face and... You know, takes the blindfold off, and it's you know, it's the emotional. It's very emotional. Yeah, it's great. It's thing. an amazing scene. Yeah. Uh, Mary and Dickon watch them as they meet, and they walk off together. Dickon's watching this, just sort of like happy at mm-hmm. the emotional reunion. And then when Archie and Colin walk off together, Mary says that nobody wants her, and she runs off to be alone. Dickon chases after her. Uh, Colin's showing his dad various things about the garden, and. Mary has run up and just, like, buried her face in the ivy. And Dickon comes up to her and and sort of touches her shoulder. But she, you know, startles away and keeps on running and goes, sits on the moor. Uh, Colin's looking for her now and points points her out on the moor to uh, Archie. And Archie heads over and is like, "Uh, hey, so thanks for, like, fixing every problem that I've caused. (laughs) (laughs) And Mary is rightfully mad at him, saying that, you know, she, that, that he ignored his son. Mm-hmm. And, and he doesn't really say anything to that. <laughs> He's like, oh, wait, do I have to stop doing that now? <laughs> right. Because my other family's going to be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> like the Smiths for days. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he, you know. Tells her that she brought the place back to life, which she didn't think anybody could do. Yeah, we see Mary, Colin, and the uncle like dancing together in celebration of life. 
Uh, Dickon rides off to tell Martha what's happened, and they, the others follow after him. Yeah, who let Ben in the house? Right. Ben's in the house. I'm like, no, yeah. you're all an the, outdoors person. All the servants are gathered at the window to see this. Yes, including Ben, oddly enough. Yeah. And, you know, Martha hugs Maggie Smith, and, you know, it's a little tableau there. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, Mary voiceover sums up the whole thing. You know, we've all learned about life and so forth. <laughs> And uh, it just ends on a helicopter shot pulling away of Dickon, who is riding across the moors to heal another rich invalid, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's what he does. Yeah. Just rides from town to town. Yeah. So magic works, guys. That's what we've learned. Yeah. Magic is real, and it can solve any problem. Yeah. If you're uh, not able to walk, consider magic. Consider magic. Definitely look into it. Uh, Yeah. So that's the secret garden. Mm Mm-hmm. We will be back next time with whatever that is. Right. Uh, so we'll think about that. We'll, we'll try to give you some warning this we'll time. We'll definitely give you some warning. Yeah. Uh, but until next time, up, up yours, yours downstairs, downstairs, luncheon out. <laughs>